there. This week we're going to do something a little different, actually a lot different, and we're going to have some reflections on Christmas because today is Christmas Day, and we will get back to our regularly, our regular format next week. In this somewhat silly episode, you will learn some amazing new facts about, for example, what Christmas song Rose hates, Dan's most cherished childhood present, and my own Christmas Eve meal preference. Other exciting topics discussed in this podcast that you won't want to miss include why Handel's Messiah is awesome, how to poach a Christmas tree from state land, with or without a chainsaw, and when it's okay to start listening to Christmas music. Additionally, Rose will reveal an ethnic secret about herself. Here are some reflections, ramblings, and lighthearted merriment for your amusement. Do you want to do the intro? No. Today? <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> I'll try it. Okay, why don't we both record it? Why don't we both record it and then you go with whatever one you like better. Welcome to Offscript. We're so happy to be with you today on Christmas Day. And we have planned or rather unplanned to share some of our thoughts about the season and to have kind of a lighthearted Offscript, an unscripted Offscript about <laughs> Christmas and wishing you a wonderful day today. Merry Offscript, Miss. <laughs> oh, already better. <laughs> That's fantastic. If you think we're recording this live around the tree on Christmas morning, we're not. We're recording this earlier in the month, but we hope to be equally festive, and we hope you are definitely listening to this on Christmas Day. We thought it would be fun to uh, just kind of ramble and talk about Christmas, share our different thoughts, uh, share different stories, flow through a few different topics, and we wish you guys a Merry Christmas, and uh, we hope you have a good time, as we will too. Also, next week, we'll be back with our Objections Against Christianity series. I hope you are enjoying that. But this week, we're just going to have a little bit of fun, if that's all right. Let's share some memories of Christmas. Did you celebrate Christmas growing up, Dan? Yes, we did. Was yeah. that uh, an exciting time for you as a child? Oh, yeah. In my family, we have a tradition every year. Every Christmas Eve, we go ice skating at Bear Mountain. The last two years, though, it's been too warm. So we've missed the last two years, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we all get together Christmas Eve at one of our houses. And then we, yeah, we just hang out, love each other. Uh, then we go our separate ways Christmas morning. We wake up and, and do the thing. It's not terribly exciting. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's great. That's, that's, a, that's a really nice family tradition. Yeah, we've been doing about, if the last two years had happened, it would have been our, like our 24th and 25th year doing it. So pretty much my whole life. Victor used to go. Oh yeah? Yeah, the Gluckens used to go. Huh. My current family tradition is somewhat controversial. And that's because I don't participate in the Finnegan family Christmas. I participate in the Knowlton family Christmas. We go down to my wife's brother's house and her parents where they live down in New Jersey. And the last couple of years have been very difficult for my family. I have three young boys and for them, they want to wake up at six, maybe a little earlier because the whole night before, I don't know if you remember what it's like being a kid, but like you're just dying for the next oh, day yeah. to come. 
and it's really hard to sleep, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to wake up at an ungodly hour. <laughs> and so, of course, my kids do, all three of them. And they want to run upstairs and have Christmas. And so we've, we've told them, this is especially the last couple of years, we told them, no, you have to wait until everyone gets here because my in-laws need to come and then a couple of other uh, family members before we're all there and, and can do it. And there's one family member in particular who believes that you should be able to sleep in on Christmas morning. And it causes a lot of consternation for my children because they get very antsy. Perturbed. Perturbed. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, hopefully we can iron that out this year. But the last two years, there's been a lot of controversy over the start time of Christmas. <laughs> but then it's pretty much mayhem with the kids opening the, the presents and just a lot of joy and happiness and a lot of opportunities for us as parents to teach about contentedness, gratitude, expressing gratitude to those who buy them presents. The kids love it. I mean, it's just such a, it's such a fun time of year for them to be a kid, to be a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And rejoice and have presents. So I think really our biggest thing is this is my dad's terms. We like to poach a Christmas tree off state land from the roadside. (laughs) So my dad, uh, we're from like way up in the Adirondack mountains and we, while driving along the road starting in, you know, sometime in November, they'll be looking for the perfect Christmas tree. And then under cover of dark late at night, my dad used to have like a handsaw. Mm-hmm. He's since like upgraded to a chainsaw. I don't know why, but I we know go why. out. At... <laughs> no, but it was it was the romance of it, Sean. It's just not quite it. You're so efficient now. It's not as romantic. Um, so now we do it much more efficiently under cover of darkness. I don't know what was with them this year, but this year my dad and sister poached it in broad daylight from the roadside at like noon. Wow! And got <laughs> He's away. He's getting, getting bold. Yeah. yeah. And he did. No more he did escape tactics. with his life. Oh yeah, totally. They both escaped with their lives. I bet it was a chainsaw this year too. Don't know what that had to do with it. But yeah, so we poach Christmas trees. My sister and I have been really trying to establish the tradition of like sticky buns on Christmas morning, but we don't think of it until like late the night before because you have to like make the dough mm. in advance. But that's a good tradition. We just, we're working on it. It's not, it's not, uh, it doesn't come naturally to us yet. Does everybody come back to home base? Yeah, we all do. Well, we, we have cousins and stuff like that, but all of our families are like pretty large. So we all normally have Christmas with our nuclear families. And ever since my our grandparents have retired, they like have just left and gone down to um, to Florida at that time of year. So as long as they're not there, normally it's all like the nuclear families. And so I have, there's five kids in my family, so we all go back. And then every now and then uh, we will have like a stray aunt or uncle that wanders in, but it's normally, just, or like um, college friends. Sometimes we'll have like international college friends, um, but it's normally our nuclear family. And I do have one sister who likes to sleep in as well, Sean. So <laughs> I feel your pain, but we're older now, so it's not as painful. What, how do you guys feel about stockings? Essential. The best. Part. I hate stockings. Oh, really? I think they're so dumb. You're, You're a, a dad, mean though, one, <laughs> Mr. Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's just all the stuff that, I think it's just a waste of money. I don't know. You just, here's. I mean, you get all this <clears throat> stuff and then you, so much of it you just like throw out anyhow or you old then you're doing well so that's the thing my my philosophy with the stocking is that you've opened all your big presents and there's kind of like oh man it's over and then you have it's like a reverse appetizer then you or a dessert rather you have Mm. the stocking and there's little trinkets in there and there's candy and that takes your mind off the fact that you don't have any more presents to open 
We do our stockings first. Oh, see that? Yeah, we do ours first. Really? Maybe that's yeah. what we're doing wrong. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. I never even conceived of doing them first. I've never conceived of doing them last. Me neither. So <laughs> I guess I'm the odd man out. We would wake up with them on our bed and sometimes, okay. yeah. So wow. my dad is Santa, just so everybody knows that. My dad is Santa. You know, so I was wondering yeah. who Santa was. Now, <laughs> so now it's been revealed. Yeah. Santa, Santa sneaks into our rooms in the middle of the night and he tries to be secretive, but sometimes he like drops them on you, on your oh, bed. nice. So Santa will hurl the stocking onto you and then you try to well, go to sleep. Off script listeners, you need to solve this conundrum for us. Who has the weirder tradition, <laughs> opening stockings before presents or after presents? Yeah. Are you What's pro stockings or or anti stockings? And then is it should be pre presents or post presents? Yeah. It, I think we should talk about as well how to do Christmas uh, as an adult because, uh, especially once the family grows to a certain size, it does get to be problematic. So, for example, in my immediate family, we always get the kids presents, but we don't buy them a whole ton of presents because we know other people are going to be buying them presents too. And over the years, we've learned that it just gets out of hand mm-hmm. where they get so much stuff that's just like ridiculous. And so much of it just ends up getting thrown out or getting put in the basement and then I can't walk in my own basement. So what we've done with that is we've we've collaborated a lot more to get fewer presents but more meaningful ones Mm. maybe more expensive ones but that will last and then as far as the adults go we have done so many different permutations of that situation we've done it where we each buy presents for everyone else we've done it where you pick one person and you just buy a a present or presents for that one person are you talking about like your brothers and your brothers-in-law and yeah yeah the adults in the room you know we've done it where you just buy a present for somebody if you have something good for that person you find something that's for that person then you get them that present and there's no obligation to buy it for everyone else this year we're doing a 30 dollars limit and you buy one present or one series of presents and then you put it in the i guess in the center of the room and somebody opens it it's not doesn't go to that person like whoever you can like pick which present you want i'm not really sure how this is going to go is this like a white elephant thing <laughs> yes it's called a have, white elephant so how does that yeah, work it kind of goes around in a circle and you kind of want to be last because okay. the last person normally gets their pick the later you <laughs> fall in the line I've the more control this. you have this over fascinating. Yeah. the present that you get and the earlier you are you're going to have many presents go through your hands until it's the one you finally want and also you you have no idea there's a lot of expectation you don't know what it is because you're opening it normally by the end pretty much all the presents have been opened and you can then steal my coworkers and I do it and we call it cutthroat Christmas oh and, wow uh, <laughs> sounds very competitive I be like very very loving, Sean. Be very loving because you never know what will happen at the end. So anyhow, I've bought my present already before I, it was going to be that. So obviously God is with me. but uh, Clearly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one piece of evidence you take out of your life. Amen. But uh, my, present, my present only works for men. Oh. It's a man present. And so I don't know how that's going to play out, but we will find out. 
I guess today. That can make it really fun goes. though because of the getting stuck with things. Like sometimes you're stuck with something you <laughs> right. hate and then it gets stolen away. Right. Sometimes it's fitting if it's really like inappropriate. I mean, not like inappropriate, but not suitable funny. for yeah. most people in the Root's room. Ruth's totally going to get a buzzer. Like a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Norelco. Some, some beard, je- uh, what is that? Beard oil. Some beard oil, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, that's, that's what we're going to do this year and that kind of like takes away a lot of the pressure and a lot mm-hmm. of the consumerism that can get wrapped up with Christmas. Mm-hmm. But it's still being lighthearted, still being fun still having something to do involving presents that that isn't over the top because i feel like so often the struggle we've had as part of the knowlton finnegan family christmases is that it has gotten just to be too much mm-hmm. and i'll speak for myself there have been times where i pick somebody's name out of a hat and I really have no idea what to get that person and now i've got all this pressure like i have to get their present it's not so bad because my wife usually helps me if I don't know what to do. But still, it is it is fairly daunting. Like this person's whole Christmas is all on me, and I'm like, I am not qualified <laughs> to <laughs> to get that perfect present. And I'm not a shopper, so like I don't know where things are or what what is out there. So it's not like I'm going to come across something accidentally. And be like, oh, that would be perfect for so and so. You don't roam, yeah. the mall. <laughs> no, you don't graze on the high plains of consumerism. No, I don't. I don't. I, uh, outside of my nuclear family, yeah, I buy Yeah, for, what do you do for your clan? Because there are so many in the Fitzeismabrum <laughs> group that there's no way you can get presents for everyone. What we do is uh, I have several adult cousins who uh, we're all close. And uh, so we buy for each other. You know, that's like four or five gifts or four or five people that we buy for on top of our nuclear families. So, yeah, it does get somewhat expensive some years, but... There have also been years where it's like, hey, I'm kind of light this December, so your <laughs> your gift is going to be a little uh, a little crummy, and that's fine. And it's not like a we don't attach any value to not that we don't attach values to the gifts that we give, but it's not tied to you know how we feel about each other or like I've spent a hundred dollars on one person one Christmas and only fifty on the next, and like that's not it's not something where it's like oh it's a calculation and and that that we get upset with each other at, over. There's the five of us kids plus our parents, and we we all buy each other something, and it's pro- normally like up to thirty bucks. I feel like if we had like one more child, we might pick names, but I feel like we have just enough that I think we like buying things for each other. But mm. similar to what Dan said, like there is no like relational meaning um, associated in our gifts. It's just because we love each other, and we all like to give each other stuff every year. But we try to keep it like decent and, and yeah, affordable within reason. One of the things that we like to do each year is to read from the scriptures before we open the presents. And this is a tradition that we've been doing for several years now. And what we'll do is usually it'll be Hugh Knowlton or I, my father-in-law and me, will read just from Matthew chapter 2 or Luke chapter 2 the about the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I realize that Christmas is not something that the Bible teaches we should do. It doesn't mention it at all, one way or the other. But it is certainly the case that presents were exchanged and given to Jesus from the the Magi, and so I can see like a loose connection there. And it certainly is nice to uh, have a focus on God and being thankful for the birth of Christ rather than just like jump right in even though it probably drives my kids crazy yeah, right? <laughs> it's like when you're a kid and your uh, your mom would take too long praying over the food and you just want to eat already <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, they grow up with this tradition, mm. and now this, these Bible passages really have this sort of soft, hazy glow in their memories as it's tied in with this time of generosity and, uh, and sharing of gifts. So a long time ago uh, at the church when I was growing up, it was like a, a big push for everyone to memorize Luke 2, 1 through 20. So we all did, and we all memorized it in the King James. And but, if you didn't get it right, then you weren't allowed to open presents. <laughs> did, uh, did you memorize that. it? That's a good idea. Did you memorize it with a British accent? No, but it can certainly be performed that way with oh, a British that, accent on demand. When the I King think, James. When I was it is like, the King's English. When I was like 14 or 15 for our Christmas program, they had me like recite it all, and I definitely just pulled out a British accent and went with it because <laughs> I was feeling sassy. So, um, but there are a few like places where we got not like a little irreverent but where we had a little fun with the text so in the king james it says mary is on her way um to bethlehem where she is great with child meaning very pregnant and we always used to say she was great with children and then also <laughs> later it says the shepherds came um to to see the baby and it said there was mary joseph and the babe lying in a manger and we'd all say big manger at that point so <laughs> we like to have a little fun with the text but we would always read luke too, like kind of read recite uh, Luke too before opening the presents as well to keep our focus. It, it works like this. We uh, we're not allowed in the living room uh, until my parents come out. We have to make coffee for them, and then when they're ready, or like right around nine, they'll come out. So it used to uh, drive us nuts. Now now, uh, you probably uh, now I'm sleeping it. in too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, my dad my dad will uh, he's on the camera, and then one of us gets assigned to be Santa, and we hand out gifts. And then we open our stockings. <laughs> <laughs> and last of all, yeah, just want to put that in there. Yeah. Well, no, that's a great, I think that's a great tradition. And hopefully, you know, it's something that they'll carry on with their families. And yeah. it, it's good to establish those things. Yeah. My dad always emphasized the importance of a very honest and heartfelt prayer before opening, well, we start with the stockings traditionally growing up. <laughs> and always recognizing that God has been so gracious to provide for us more than what we need so that we could have presence and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always remember him him doing that prayer, or I don't know if we prayed it as well, but as a, as a kid, you're just thinking, all right, okay, yep, thankful, yada, yada, yada. What's in the stocking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, it does burn into your mind a certain point of view about everything and my parents never lied to us about the whole santa claus thing they told us from the beginning i mean they actually write dad or mom on the presents because if a present comes from someone else they usually write their name on it too like right from yeah we, whoever that was the same in my house yeah always, so we always knew it was from dad and mom yeah and we also knew that we had to go to bed early the night before because i'm one of five kids and that's a lot of presents mm-hmm so my parents would wrap the presents at the kitchen table, and usually they would have somebody else, a friend, or... All the night before? They'd yeah. Wrap it they, all the night before? Yeah. Wow. They, would, they just went on a wrap fest. In recent like years, I've been, I've been recruited into that. My parents have pulled me into their bedroom and, and been like, hey, we need help wrapping all these You're gifts. like, I shouldn't see this. <laughs> yeah. It's not right. <laughs> and, then, and then sometimes I'll find myself, they, they try to avoid it, but sometimes I'll find myself wrapping my own gift. Like the next morning, I'll be like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> and they'll be like... <laughs> yeah, you look at it, you're mad like, at themselves. wow, this is a really nice gift. I wish I had that. And they look at each this other. This wrap like, job is <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> all, the, all the large 
things. So my dad has like a million outbuildings and a million vehicles on the property. So more recently, wrapping has become like scattering stuff. So he'll be, he'll say to me, all right, Rose, go to the brown barn. And then my sister, go to the red truck, that sort of thing. So we have to go like scavenging for it. It's always on a really cold day too. And you're like, I wish it could be under the tree, but it is kind of exciting going out. And then you kind of want to check the other vehicles and the other outbuildings. Like what's in those ones? What do you guys do for the meal? Do you have a meal? Christmas dinner? All right, I want to share mine because I'm really excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Just a few hours. We have filet mignon. Nice. A huge roast of filet that is cooked perfectly medium rare. And the, the Knowlton tradition is to somehow mix together two things that maybe sound gross to you, but they're absolutely sublime. Whipped cream. No sugar, just the whipped cream and horseradish. Okay. And, All right. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I just crossed the line. <laughs> and and so it's like it's like a, a fluffy white substance that's like a what tastes like horseradish and that you dip your meat in. Okay. And it's I can see that just being good. Amazing. So looking forward to that. So that's like and, and there's there's no reason to ever this is my personal opinion. There's no reason to ever change that tradition. <laughs> We don't need record. to go to, to a chicken. We don't need to go to prime rib. We don't need to go to whatever else. We'll just keep it like it is because it is good. We're going to devote the rest of this episode to the filet mignon tradition that Sean has. Because <laughs> clearly there's more to say about this. He loves Actually, it so much. I just remember this. That's not Christmas dinner. That's Christmas Eve dinner. Oh, so you already tradition. had it. Yeah. How was it, Sean? How oh, was it was it? great. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you hear this... <laughs> My Christmas Eve dinner is the roast. The Christmas dinner is beef bourguignon, which is like a uh, beef stew, more mm. or less. That hearty. That yeah, it's mm. very delicious. It's like a condensed gravy, and that's what I'm looking forward to tonight. I have to get I have to get this all straight, mm. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to go for a run between these two, or right. else I won't have space because I gotta metabolize. <laughs> Do you guys remember getting a particular gift as a kid that just blew your mind and was your favorite gift growing up to get on Christmas? One year I got skis mm. and that, interestingly enough, that was probably over 20 years, about 20 years ago, I would say, maybe a little less, 15 years ago. And I have used them every winter since then. Nice. And I tried a... Regular pair of skis, like more the new style. Just this last year, I left my skis at home accidentally, and I got to the mountain, and I was like, oh, no. So I had to rent, and I'm like, man, my old skis are way better. So I'm still using them. It's a good gift, then. I remember so little about this now and stuff for my parents. Yeah, I'm sure it was phenomenal, but I think the one thing that was most surprising, so I'm the oldest, and... It's a while, yeah, like your your siblings all have to get pretty old until they start giving you stuff. You mm. give them stuff forever, but they don't uh, always yeah. reciprocate. But I remember, I think my brother, who was a lot younger than me, he was like 10 or 11, and I kind of wasn't sure if he would be like getting anyone anything yet. I remember him just coming all out, like tearing onto the Christmas scene. Um, and he got me the most amazing like Starbucks like set, like some amazing French roast and an amazing cup, which I still use, French all roast. sorts of things. Yeah. Oh, man, this kid. I was so impressed. <laughs> Just with him in general that year, I was like, man, he, he's got some Santa going on inside. Nice. I remember coming out into, into the living room one year, and there was a gigantic refrigerator box in the middle of the living room. Uh-huh. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? And more importantly, who is it for? Yes, that's the question. <laughs> who is it for? How can this be fair? Who got it? Uh, it was me. And uh, it was a dirt bike. What? Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, 75cc dirt bike. And how did, you, how did the rest of your family take that? <clears throat> oh, they were all happy for me. They were <laughs> over the moon because they knew that I was so, so blessed and happy with it. So yeah, I got this dirt bike uh, this one year and I would just ride it nonstop to the point where the muffler fell off. And oh, you wow. could see like, we used to call it, um, we used to call it blub blub because the sound it made <laughs> and you would see flames shooting out of like where the muffler should be. But yeah, I love that thing. And, and I created this in the space, in my parents' basement, I created this like station that had my helmet and I put like a placard with my name on it and it had like the jacket that I wore when I rode and... That was probably my favorite, uh, my favorite gift growing up. You guys want to talk about Christmas in the workplace at all? Like, is it a good way to talk about Christianity or is it not a good way to talk about Christianity? Yeah, I think we can talk about that. I haven't got like a ton of mileage out of this, but I've been satisfied with what I've gotten. So I think most pe- a lot of people at work know me as being Jewish. I think it's because I wear my like Jewish jewelry on like Jewish holidays and I like bring in a menorah and stuff. But it's, it's interesting that more people know Wait about... Wait a second, you're well, Jewish? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, I thought Sean. you were Christian. Well, no, I'm totally yeah. uh, we I'm need totally to cover. Does somebody want to be take Rose's spot on Conf- off script? Is hey. it today the first day of Hanukkah? No, that's... Uh, no, that's... Today's Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah, yesterday was the first. Today's the first full day of Christmas. If today is Christmas, yes. Today is Christmas. It started last night, Yeah. Yeah, you've got to light your candles, man. <laughs> and eat your filet mignon. <laughs> right. But you can't eat it with the cream because that's not kosher. Uh, yeah, so yeah. anyway, so more somehow the word gets out at work more about me being Jewish than me being Christian, which I find interesting. But um, a lot of people will ask me, they say, well, do you celebrate Christmas? Because they like they think they know me as the Jew. And I found the most mileage out of that saying like, I am a Jew, but Christmas is my favorite thing to celebrate because it's the fulfillment. Mm. Um, and that's been, I don't know, I've really enjoyed saying that. And I think people have been very respectful. And um, plus, it's them asking you, it's yeah. not you broaching the subject. Yeah. So that's been interesting. So when people do ask me about that, I feel like it is more, it's more meaningful to share. All right, anything else we want to say? Least favorite Christmas song. That's a funny, uh, not that I want to talk about that, but that's a funny. Uh, I only <laughs> have a least favorite. What is it? Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> Why is that your least favorite? I hate it so much. It's super annoying. Well, I have bad hearing to start off with. And so normally I don't <laughs> hear what you hear, <laughs> but I don't understand because there's like a lamb and talks so to a shepherd boy and talks to a mighty king. And I don't know what they hear anyway. It's like the wind whispering to them. It's the so weird. you. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, as terrible. in the rest of my life. No, I never hear what you hear, yeah. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna I hate steal your phone once, Rose, and put that as a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I really like that Gloria in Excelsis Deo song. That is... Mm. You would. So beautiful. Glory in the highest to God. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes Christmas songs, I feel like so many of them are banal in the sense of like all those like 60s and 50s songs. Like I'm dreaming of White Christmas. Like, ugh, gag me. I don't care. But then like you have these like really deep... This is just my opinion. If you like it, I'm not judging you. But then you have these really deep theological songs where like a holy night, you know, fall on your mm. knees, you know, the Christ is born. And it's just like amazing. Mm-hmm. And or Joy to the World, which I don't even think should be a Christmas song. I think it should be just a song because it's awesome. But um, those are the ones I like. And I have a uh, Pandora station. It's uh, Shane and Shane Holiday. 
And that's what I would recommend. Really good stuff there. Shane and Shane take like a bunch of songs and like Shane and Shane them till they're better. So, um, and Rent Collective has a holiday station now too on Pandora if you're a Pandora person. Around Christmas, I always enjoy listening to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. They're yeah. just they're a classic. It's beautiful, yeah. yeah. Especially the Fall on Your Knees song. What is that called? Oh, know. Holy Night. Is it? Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, Holy yeah. Night. All right, so then for me, the other song slash collection of songs that I really love is Handel's Messiah. I oh, just, yeah. I'm a super fan of Handel's Messiah. I did not grow up with it, and I discovered it kind of later in life, although like everybody knows the hallelujah, hallelujah, that part of it. But I bought the CD set. I listened to it and I was just like, wow, this is just so incredible to imagine an art form, uh, a genre of music, the oratorio, where all the lyrics are Bible verses. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm one of these ancient monks in one of these monasteries where like, in order to ask for the salt, you have to quote a verse that involves asking for the salt. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyhow, it was just so cool. And I went to see it. The first time I went to see it, I was in Boston, and it was just this full symphony with period instruments and four soloists, and it was just absolutely worship. It, I mean, and, and it's crazy, too, because like the, the room is sold out, Symphony Hall in, in Boston. It's sold out, and there's all these people. I'm looking around, and I'm like, a lot of these people are not Christians. Mm-hmm. They just think this is beautiful. They're like appreciating a beauty that's in this piece of art but the word of god is being communicated but every word is the bible yeah and and the way this the oratorio genre works is is very meditative so you have to know that going into it like they're going to say the same line 10 12 times and it's almost like the the idea of getting deeper and deeper while you're meditating saying it the scripture like scripture meditation where you Mm. say it over and over and you really chew on it and squeeze out different layers of meaning and, and then you move on to the next thing. And if you have that in mind, it's a very meditative, worshipful experience uh, seeing Hanel's Messiah. Actually, any number of oratorios that, that I've seen over the years. Uh, and I know Anthony Buzzard is a huge oratorio fan. We always talk about uh, Mendelssohn's Elijah and Bach's Passion and all these other ones. But uh, Oh, and uh, Haydn's Creation, phenomenal. But uh, Hanel's Messiah... I don't plan to see it this year, <laughs> but uh, well, I absolutely love it. it. Well, you can overdo it. And then, yeah, I think if you do it every year, you can easily overdo it, and then you don't love it anymore. Right. You got to save it. Way up in my mom's neck of the woods in the Adirondacks, every year they do a Messiah uh, community sing, and it's just a selection of Christmas ones. It's like the first 12, and then the Hallelujah Chorus, and she maybe she does overdo it, but she doesn't for her. So I always make a point to go up there with her, and it's a sing-along, so if you have music or they'll give music, you can sing along. So she always tries to get me to sing with Sopranos, and I'm like, come on, Mom, you're kidding. So we sit in the alto section, and I don't think they have period instruments like they do in Boston up in Saranac or wherever right but they have they have like a whole selection of like a little mini orchestra there and it's I tease my mom about it a lot but she really goes and worships during all of this and it's not quite as much my natural inclination and I think sometimes with with that messiah some of the verses that they pick are so like random like it's not the verses That's I would pick That's what makes it so much better It's so weird like they tell the whole story of Jesus using only the Old Testament I mean, yeah, that's phenomenal. Like, I feel the like whole... some of them aren't like necessarily like directly related to Christ, yeah, but 
they're randomly selected, but my mom really worships. And for me to see her like this, obviously I, I do the best I can too. My favorite is Every Valley Shall Be Exalted. I can sing that song like crazy. It's an amazing experience because like you said, almost nobody there is worshiping. Like it's my mom and then me tagging along best I can with strangely selected verses. Um, but yeah, it's the scripture coming out so powerfully and the beauty is so appreciated. And then especially someone like my mom and you, Sean, getting like really the full 360 of what it's worth. I just get so deep into it. I just close my eyes. I'm into it, especially because it's in English too, which is a huge advantage for this genre. Usually it's in German. It's so meaningful to me. And if you've never seen it before, I, I recommend you check it out. It's just on YouTube. You can look up Handel's Messiah. And But going in real for real is going to be different than watching it online. So in discussing this episode, Rose sort of tongue-in-cheek brought up the question of at what exact point in the season should devoted Christ followers begin listening to Christmas music? <laughs> I would like to propose that the correct answer and the only correct answer to that question is December 1st. That's what I think, too. High okay. five. Yes. Yeah. You should not be listening to it on Black Friday. No, I totally agree. And my wife and kids completely disagree with me. They think... As soon as Thanksgiving's over, all bets are off. Before Thanksgiving, man, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're bad. You know, they're like, can we listen to Christmas music? And then my wife's like, no, your daddy's home. You know, he doesn't like to listen to Christmas music until December. <laughs> and then they're like, when's dad leaving? And so then we can listen to this. And they, and they, and they like all the cheesy stuff that I don't like, like the... Yeah, Jingle Bells. and You know, Jingle Bell Rock or like the Mariah... What's the Mariah Carey song? All I want for All Christmas. I want for <laughs> yeah. Christmas. Like that's the kind of stuff they want to listen to. Yeah. It's like so the other night it was finally December first. It was dinner. And my son Noah says, Can we finally listen to Christmas music, Dad? And I'm like, Yeah. So I put on like my Christian Christmas music. Shane and, he, and Shane. And he's just like, That's not Christmas music. I'm like, it's joy to the world. How can I what are you talking? He's like, That's not Christmas music, Dad. And I'm like, You yeah, don't know what to say. So that's that's my firm opinion. And I think if you don't overdo it, then you can enjoy it every year. Otherwise, you just want to puke. I will say, though, uh, for those of you people who really do enjoy listening to it throughout the whole season, do have a good time. Well, when should you stop listening to Christmas music? Never. It should always be it's Christmas in your heart. Statement. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you believe that December 1st is the correct day to start listening. Right. So December 31st is when you should stop listening to it. And then you're into New Year's music. Auld Lang Syne. Is there New Year's music? I keep my tree up until St. Patrick's Day. Oh, my goodness. So I have to be careful not Whoa. to come out with too much condemnation. You are out of control. Is that, a, so is that a result of, of you just don't want to go through taking it down? Or, you, or is you it because want you, it? you have an artificial tree? Yes, I do, unfortunately, have an artificial tree. Because a real tree wouldn't last that long. Yeah. It would be bare. If you water it and show it love, it might. But you'll have pine cones all over the place. If you, like, shellac it. Yeah. <laughs> Spray it with hairspray. Yeah. Yeah, no, unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, like, a little a little component of it is laziness, but it's just so nice. And I don't like mm. winter, and that helps me like winter, having the tree up. And then when it's starting to get warm, St. Patrick's Day, I will normally take it down March 16th. Down in the city, there are guys who make a pretty penny every year uh, bringing trees down, and they'll just literally camp out on the side of like a main thoroughfare in Manhattan, and they'll sell trees for like a month, mm -hmm. and they'll go home with like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I did a, a story on it once. That's cool. 
All right. Well, that's enough for today. Thank you all so much for joining us for our Christmas special edition. We'll be back with normal off script next Sunday, and we hope you tune in. And also, please, we were serious about the whole uh, feedback thing with the stockings because I, 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 for one, am, well, you were serious. <laughs> yeah, I, for one, am curious. Uh, I'm outnumbered right here with 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 Sean and Rose, but I'm curious to know what. Well, Sean is also thinks. outnumbered with whether or not he likes them. Ah, it's true. Yeah. So, so yeah, let us know what you think about stockings. Thank you so much, guys. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. Um, we hope you have a great time with family celebrating the birth of Christ, who has done so much for us. A little bit different today, but I wanted to say goodbye uh, this week in Korean. I'm going to pronounce this totally wrong, but it's Anyeong. Well, thanks for taking the time with us to listen to our Christmas special. We'll be back next time with our normal format for Offscript continuing in our series on Objections to Christianity. If you want to check out any previous episodes on that series, please go to restitudio.org where you can find an archive of all of the podcasts so far as well as articles and other resources to help you in your quest to love God, follow Christ, and seek truth wherever it leads. Have a great day, and remember, the truth is nothing to fear.